What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So we saw baseball history happen. Miguel Cabrera got his 3,000th career hit. He is just the seventh player to have 3,000 hits and 500 home runs. That is quite an elite club. Because, I mean, think about it. 500 homers, you are a bona fide power hitter. 3,000 hits, you are a bona fide hitter in general. To have both, only seven players now have done it in baseball history. Miguel Cabrera did it on Saturday afternoon at home in Detroit in front of the fans like he wanted to do it. Had a huge crowd on hand to see it. It was great. The fans sitting behind home plate were holding up a Venezuela flag, which I thought was perfect. I don't know if they brought that there or the Tigers had them hold that up. That was really cool. It was great for the photo. That was a really special moment. And there you go. Miguel Cabrera is the newest member of baseball's 3,000 hit club. I mean, as he's done many times before, he hit a single to right field. Obviously, he's not a singles hitter. Like I said, he's in the 500 homer club. But Miguel Cabrera, one of the best right-handed hitters of all time, if you really think about it. Four-time batting champion, two-time MVP, a triple crown winner. I mean, and all these big milestones. Everyone was on, on hand to see it. He's getting big congratulations from his family. Obviously, his old teammates. A lot of people had good things to say about it. And it was just it was just a heartwarming moment, honestly. He did it in the first inning, so in his first at-bat, so he didn't have to wait around, didn't waste much time. It was a 1-1 fastball from Rocky starter Antonio Senzatella. And that's, that's huge. That's huge. So to do it in a Tigers uniform, I'm sure he's very proud of that. And the franchise is definitely proud to have Mickey in their, in their lineup these days. So... That's what we're seeing right there. Uh, yeah, hitting the ball the other way. There's, I mean, you couldn't really have imagined Miggy doing something else. He 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 owns the right side of the field. He has power to that side. He he can he can hit it that way with the best of them. So that was a big milestone on Saturday. Great imagery. If you haven't seen it, go ahead and check it out. There was some other there was some other activity around the league. I, I would say. In New York, so the Guardians and Yankees played, and the Yankees got a 5-4 walk-off win over Cleveland, but there was some some weird stuff going on with the Yankees fans in the outfield, particularly in right field. They were jawing at, at the outfielders for Cleveland, and then after the game, they started throwing stuff on the field, started throwing trash and popcorn and all this, littering the field and throwing it at the the Cleveland players, the Guardians players. No one wants to see that. No one wants to see that. Um, it can't happen. Obviously, both the Yankees and um, the the Guardians have, have spoken against it that they don't they don't want to see that. But yeah, that's tough. That's tough. The Yankees did get the win on a walk off. I mean, it was a frustrating end to a disappointing afternoon for Cleveland because they jumped ahead on a Josh Naylor two run homer in the fifth. They got a go ahead two run shot from Austin Hedges in the eighth. But they ultimately squandered this game. I mean, it was Cal Quantrill's return from the COVID IL, but they slid back to 500 with this loss, despite just being one strike away after Emmanuel Classe blew the save. So tough loss for New York. Some news that came out today, actually, is that Michael Conforto is going to be out for the year. So Conforto has been a free agent up until this point, and I guess we found out why. He just got shoulder surgery so his free agency is going to last longer than expected he underwent shoulder surgery on his right shoulder last week 
and he's expected to be ready for next year's spring training. He sustained the injury while he was training in January. That's that's really rough. That's during the lockout. And that definitely closes the book on what ended up being a very underwhelming free agency period for him because he he entered the offseason ranked as a number 19 free agent in MLB's rankings. And he declined the $18.4 million qualifying offer from the Mets, setting up what he hoped would be a big payday, and that ended up not being the case. I mean, his, his name was just absent from both the pre- and post-lockout free agent spending frenzy. This is tough because we were hearing from his agents. Obviously, his agent is going to say good things about him, but we were hearing from his agent just a few weeks ago that Conforto was healthy. And then, you know, he did have that injury training in the offseason, but he was healthy and getting ready for the season. But I guess he, he was not as healthy as Scott Boris described. He just got shoulder surgery. He's out for the year. So that's tough. That's tough. You know, it's even more difficult it's a more bitter pill to swallow when you consider the fact that conforto has actually turned down the reports earlier this year saying that he turned on a nine-figure offer from the mets previously we don't know exactly how much it was but it was at least a hundred million dollars at some point the mets offered him this extension and he turned that down so he has left quite a bit of money on the table up to this point will he ever regain that money for the rest of his career it's hard to say it's hard to say. Um, yeah, so he, he is he, he's out for the year. No team is going to sign him because if you look at it now, if you look at it now, he rejected a qualifying offer last fall. So any team that signed him would have had to give up at least one draft pick as compensation. And that's a sandwich pick just right after the first round right there. So they would have had to wait... A team who wanted to sign him and avoid losing a draft pick would have had to wait until after the 2022 draft, and that's in the summer. I don't know. They've been moving it these days. I think the draft is in June now. But now that Conforto won't be signing until after the 2022 draft anyway, obviously it it just makes sense for teams to wait for free agency because it's like, well, he's not going to be able to play for you this season, so... He's not going to be signed this year. He's going to wait until the offseason and see what the market looks like for 2023. So now passing on that qualifying offer, obviously in hindsight, it looks like an error for Conforto. Obviously, it's easy to say this looking back at it. Hindsight is 2020. But I mean, there even was controversy about it before he got hurt because Conforto was coming off a down year. He had a pretty unspectacular 232 with 14 homers for New York last season. And there was speculation he would take the qualifying offer or sign a one-year contract, a prove-it deal, but he, he ended up doing neither. And, um, yeah, so he, he's going he's gonna to look to bounce back next year and deliver a similar season to his prime where he was, you know, 2015 to 2020. That's what he's going to look to do in 2023. And then in 2024, begin a, a multi-year deal. So that's what he's looking like. It's, it's tough. It can be done, though. It has been done. We've seen it very recently done. We saw Marcus Semyon do that. So Conforto could line himself up for a good payday if he comes back healthy next year. But, you know, he's also going to be on the other side of 30. But, hey, it's not like he's super old. I mean, Conforto is 29 right now. Opening day 2024, he would be 31, which would ideally be the beginning of a new contract for him. But, hey, that's not it's not old. It's not really old. It's just obviously not his his prime years. 
Eloy Jimenez, moving on to other news, Eloy Jimenez is going to miss six to eight weeks with a hamstring strain. So he's going to be out. That's yet another blow for a White Sox team that has been pummeled by injuries in the first few weeks of the season. I mean, they already have Yohan Moncada, Garrett Crochet, Lance Lynn on the shelf. Now you have Eloy Jimenez joining them. This is kind of similar to last year. They had a bunch of guys injured, but it's it, it continues. I mean, Eloy Jimenez has been off to a slow start, but that's a tiny sample size of 11 games. You know that obviously would have improved as time went on. You know how good he is. But the White Sox need to get healthy. They need these bats in their lineup. They need those arms in their rotation. Speaking of injury, John Means is going to undergo Tommy John surgery. He announced on Twitter he's going to need that. So this has been the feared outcome since the Orioles placed him on the 60-day IL last week. So he's going to miss the rest of this season and most likely a large chunk of next season as well. I mean, he's unquestionably Baltimore's top starter. But, yeah, it's tough. He's out for the year. So the Orioles don't really have much going for him this year, unfortunately. Um, they're still in the midst. They're, they're right in the middle of a complete rebuild but they're going to have to move on without their guy. So that's where we stand with things for today. We will just keep it right there. There, there are some players on the men. You know, we talked about Acuna Jr. being on the men. He's, he's playing really well in his rehab assignment right now. He could be back sooner than anticipated. His target date was May 6th, but they're talking about bringing him back sooner than that because he's looking really good in, in the minor league rehab games. Ramon Laureano has begun a rehab assignment as well because he... He was serving an 80-game suspension that was given down to him last August. So if everything goes according to plan, Loriano could finish the suspension on May 8. So those are the guys who are on their way back, but that's going to do it for today, folks. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection. Mm-hmm.